the OG of Jets podcasting and blogging is back. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. This is There's Always Next Year with Brian Bassett. I'm back. The real me. Let's not, not make a whole thing of it. And his co-hosts, Chef Travis Milton. Today we're going to be making the students my tasty baked ziti with basil and fresh mozzarella. And Josh Conrad. Oh, my brother, testify. On Play Like a Jet Digital. Welcome back to There's Always Next Year. I am Brian Bassett, and with me are my fellow commanders, bringing people along with them, Travis Milton and Josh Conrad. Boys, how we doing? Pretty good. Your intro always makes me want to go back and start off the, the, the podcast in my radio voice from my radio days. <laughs> yes. Radio. Okay, hold on. What? Radio days? I don't think I knew this about you. I, I used to do I used to be an on-air DJ for the local stations in Richmond, Virginia. Uh B103.7, yeah. uh Cool 106.5, one uh what was it? The uh not the buzz. It was the alternative station. It was like 101. 102.1 or something? Not 102.1. Um, but the alternative station and then the uh, classic rock station. Nice. And was the, the country song? station. I did, I did a okay. lot on the country station. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a, yeah. That's a multitasking, man. Um, what was the song you hated playing the most out of all those genres and formats? Was the one Freebird. song that you just fucked? Free Bird. Free Bird. <laughs> I, had to, I had to do the request show on the classic rock station. And this dude mm. would call in every week and go, man, my life's in the crapper. Can you play Free Bird? Um, I might go ahead and just end it all tonight. And then the next week you call and like, say it again, oh, not man. to make light of, of, of suicide in any way, shape or form. I'm a huge mental health advocate, but this dude yeah. was what very year, important. what year, what year range was this? Uh, 98, 99. All right. It was so we're like we're early. Yeah. So like we're early LimeWire, early Napster. <laughs> like oh, he's 100%. not. He's not downloading Master. this yet. He still yeah. needs someone at a radio station to play him his song. And my my on air name was Milton the Albino Love Machine, and, and <laughs> they made me change it because Travis I'm obviously not albino. Travis of the dish. I had to go with just Uncle Milty. Oh, uh, uh, Uncle yes. Milty. Oh, that's good. Yeah, like, yeah. If, uh, I, yeah, I, I agree. Mental health is important, but right if if you're life and your hangs in the balance of freebird being played on the radio then like freebird uh, is not doing anything well for my mental health (laughs) (laughs) right you're thinking you're thinking you're now in a situation where you're like if i do not play freebird this week this guy i I might be responsible for this guy's death exactly that's a lot that's a lot to put on a person like and so it gives you no outs like i i in life i just the philosophy give people outs like give them the out mm-hmm. of like don't set you up in a position as a dj to go if i don't play the song this guy might actually kill himself like give yeah, the guy dude, an like, out have you, you ever met an on-air outs. dj have you ever met an on-air <laughs> dj they are 90 yeah. percent of the time stoned yeah um they're one pretty... rung above the guy requesting freebird for his yes uh, exactly his life yeah exactly <laughs> so 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 josh i need to know in your life how would you, as a commander, yeah, deal deal with that situation? Mm. You're saying outs, give yourself outs. What what is this? Uh, how you would you get, like that? Yeah. So, as a as a commander, uh, as, actually as a survivor, but a wannabe commander <laughs> um, on the competitor list, I, uh, a com- I a, just a commander. Oh, excuse me, a survivor in commander's clothing. Is that what you're saying? There you go. 
I also <laughs> listen. It's so lazy to go. There's four le- four levels of competitors, and then number two is competitor. Like you gotta <laughs> use another word there. You can't. Like it's anyway. That's that's an aside. No, I I, I live by the philosophy. Give people outs. Like if if you meet somebody and they don't remember your name, um, give them the out. Of, instead of crossing your arms like, oh, you don't remember my name, do you? Like, oh, I'm just going to stand here and make this super awkward for you. Give them the out mm-hmm. of like, hey, you probably meet a ton of people. This is my name. Or, you know, the waitress or the waiter comes back and they're like, I'm sorry, what, 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 did you ask for no onions on the sandwich? Like, what did you, and wait, what, you, you don't remember? Like, just give, give people outs. Cause like mm-hmm. everybody's doing their best and nobody remembers everything. Nobody's perfect. And so just, I live by this philosophy of give people outs, like give them the benefit of the doubt and go, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to stand here and be a jerk and give you no outs. So like me calling a radio station going, Hey, Travi and the douche, I'd love to hear Freebird <laughs> if you've got it. We're one but if you same. don't like, that's cool. I'm not going to kill myself tonight. Like I'm, yeah, I just give fair. people outs. It's just a, it's a much healthier way to live in a society. I do the opposite as a power play. I just walk up to everyone <laughs> and say, Hey, nice to meet you, Travis Milton. Even if I know them or not. Mm-hmm. There you like, go. Yeah, we've met twenty-seven times before, huh? Oh, <clears throat> oh cool. Like, so, so like that. I've I just experienced this. So two weeks ago, um, I, I I've got some family connections at, at the University of Connecticut and ran into head football coach Jim Mora again. Who and we've we've met each other a few times. He has no reason to remember me, but I'm just watching him walk through the room with people that know who he is going. Hey, how, how's it going? I'm, I'm Jim Mora. Like he's introducing himself to everybody, not in a jerky way, but like he's actually humbly going, Hey, just in case you don't know who I am, I'm just going to say my name now. That way, like you're not in this awkward position of like, who are you? And what's your name? Like, Hey, my name's Jim right. Mora. And so just be that guy, be Jim Mora, everybody. No. I don't want to be Jim Moore. Sorry. No. Junior or senior. Sorry. Sorry. No. Sorry. Junior's no. the man. Uh, no, no. I know what you're saying. That's a, that is a commander move. He's bringing people along with him. Jim Moore right. Jr. Bringing people with him. Uh, and he's going to get him to the playoffs. He's going to get him to the playoffs. Which is we like. Um, and uh, no, I'm, I'm with you. I think that's great. That is, that is commander living. So let's talk about this, guys. We got to talk about this episode. We're episode three. Hard knocks. We're halfway through training camp. Uh, you know, we begin with, you know, the the um, kind of all gas, no breaks talk where Sala is talking about the level of competitors. We've already alluded to this. If you did not watch the episode, there are four levels of competitors and the lowest is survivors. They're basically the people that are dragging people down. There's contenders who are only doing it for extrinsic gains, money, fame, whatever. There are people that are actually internally motivated and do not care. Uh, about the money, the fame, whatever. They'll just do it because that's who they are. They are uh, by nature competitors, right? Weak, weak naming uh, convention there, we'll say, we'll say, Josh, to your point. And then the top level is the commanders, and right? So that's the, they're the same as the competitor, but they are also bringing people along. So, you know, that kind of sets up this episode of, you know, Aaron Rodgers and his tutelage of, of, um, of young Zach Wilson and Quinn Williams and his, you know, the way as, as uh, Sal has often said through these episodes, as you go, we go, right. That's his kind of concept of what a commander is, as you go, we go. Um, and that's what he wants to see. And that's what he's setting up in camp. That kind of leads to this, this uh, like the, the Dalvin cook situation. We see his signing, we see him coming aboard. We, you know, kind of hear he's kind of in and out because his, 
his wife is about to have, or whatever significant other is about to have a baby. Um, and uh, then he'll be back. We see Brees Hall coming off rehab, uh, kind of getting back onto the field. Very exciting. And Nathaniel Hackett's uh, goofing him for that. Uh, we, <laughs> we get to what is maybe one of the ultimate moments of this episode, which is Woody Johnson um, all zipped up and then unzipping and releasing the chain of chains. Oh my, mm. what a nice doubt. What, mm. a, what, what bling, what bling, what, what ice uh, Woody, Woody shocked us with. Now it's kind of a moment. We go into Bucks practice, a lot of fights, 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 fights in, in practice. Uh, some more about like who's Rogers throwing to. I mean, there's a lot in this episode. We, we, we get to the, uh, to the camp. Um, what do you call it? Rookie, uh, the rookie camp show. Uh, big thunderous applause for the rookie camp show this time. Well done, gentlemen. Um, they committed. That's what I, that's what I charged them with last week. As you recall, I charged them with committing to those characters and they did. Um, I mean, and Travis, we got to dwell on that because there were some Travis moments in there in, in that, uh, in that karaoke show for sure. Um, oh, hell yeah. I mean, you know, uh, culminating. Return of the Mad that, Baby. Yes. Dirt yeah. Yeah. Off. Culminating in Jerome Zapp, uh, big, bring out his best eight mile um, and then kind of into the game. Uh, and so, so that was the episode kind of writ large um, and with Ralph Macchio kind of ending, ending the episode in, he was so effing excited. Uh, so, so yeah, let's, let's kind of go through <laughs> themes. Josh, you're good at kind of pulling out the themes. Why don't you start us off with, yeah, what you liked about this episode. Um, yeah. What you kind of saw as kind of storylines and themes kind of threaded through yeah. this, uh, through this yeah. show. Wove, woven throughout was, it was a lot of Randall Cobb, which I actually, I actually liked because it, it gives you insights into Aaron Rodgers oh, gives you insights yes, into you. yeah just like their their relationship so it starts off um huddle kind of post practice hey h- how do we feel today any big takeaways and 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 Cobb explained to the guys like listen like we had some mistakes and so I was talking to eight I was talking to Aaron Rodgers I was talking to I was talking to Tim Boyle like there there were mistakes these guys are seeing mistakes that we're making and he's like I'm just gonna tell you now like Right now it's okay, but like if it's cool now, but he will lose his shit if he doesn't trust you. He will not throw you the ball. Like that was mm-hmm. that was Randall's message to that entire circle of wide receivers. Um, and I think it even bled over into the I don't know if it was the Tampa practice. I don't know who said it from the Bucks, but he's like, "Who's this guy this year? Who's this guy?" Which led into the incredible oh, Garrett Wilson was montage. I don't know. I don't know if it was him or Braylon. I don't remember who it was, but someone just asking. And so the Randall Cobb, like, and then, but then even Randall Cobb, you know, sidelined with Aaron Rodgers. um, Like you, you actually got glimpses into Rodgers through Randall Cobb's eyes, even Garrett Wilson recognizing Mm -hmm. in his presser that was in there of, Hey, like having a guy like Cobb here is super helpful because he and Alan Lazard are like, they're translating for us. Like, what is this guy looking for from us? which shows an incredible amount of maturity. Like I'm going to lean into these guys, not going to feel threatened by them showing up. Um, man, like the Randall cop stuff. I just really, really loved. Um, you know, what's crazy. He's only, I learned this. He's only 32 years old. Doesn't it feel like Randall Cobb's? <laughs> wow. He's like, wow. yes, he's only 32. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like still has still obviously is on this team, not just to be translator. Like he's going to be a guy. He's a trusted guy. And he's explaining to the other guys, if you want to get catches, if you're going to, if you're going to like call for the ball, it's going to be because he trusts you because he does not like throwing interceptions. I loved all the cop stuff. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Travis, I want to hear what you say, but I've kind of largely looked at Cobb as like a wasted roster spot and that's unfair. And that's really dehumanizing. Wow. That's a good one. Um, You know what, what and who he is. 
And so, yeah, really getting that value and understanding that. And, um, and yeah, that he's someone that regardless of whether he's on the field or if he even dresses, um, he's a val he's a value to Rogers, you know, those guys kind of linking arms for the, you know, the national anthem, kind of them going off the field together. They kind of had that storyline at the end of last year. Um, and, and yeah, so seeing that and knowing that that matters to Rogers and that's helpful. And I think, yes, your point about like, look, if you're messing up now, it's fine but like he will lose confidence in you. And like, I think we saw that a couple of years ago, there was this guy in green Bay, his name was Jeff Janice. And he had a couple amazing, like they had like one splash game in like the playoffs. And then like the next yeah. year, everybody expected him to make a huge jump, be super athletic or whatever. But for whatever reason, it never happened. And a lot of people were pointing to uh, Aaron Rodgers just hates that dude. And I wasn't think that he hated him. He just, he couldn't trust him. Right. And I think it's like, Oh, okay. Now you see it. And that's happened throughout Rogers career right right Travis like there have been oh, yeah. players that have like oh this guy's going to be great and then we just it never materialized for them and so Stephen yeah I Hill. thought that Cobb thing was helpful yeah what'd you think I said Stephen Hill <laughs> <laughs> right yeah oh baby the first Oof. game that he had just blew it up and then after that it just turned to dog shit yep yep so yeah what did you think about did, were, uh, did you get some insight from kind of seeing Cobb's relationship with Rogers, uh, you know, what he brings to the team and then, yeah, his room. What, any thoughts on that? You know, it was kind of – I was really supportive of the move. I think I was one of the only people that was. Um, and it's because, you know, uh, I, I make a lot of correlations between football and and uh, <clears throat> cooking and, and my job because, I mean, I, I, I played football. I, I try to manage as if I was a, a coach to a certain extent. And – you know, one of the things that whenever I'm building a team, like I always bring somebody from my former team with me that is is there to be on their level as a translator to level with them. You know, instead of me, you know, in kind of the the Roger spot getting, you know, mad, there's there's somebody there to tell them, you know, on the forefront of like, hey, you know, I've been with him. Like, if you guys keep doing this, he's going to get mad and he's not going to trust you and you're not going to be in the kitchen anymore. You're going to get bumped down. Um, it really helps the relationship. It helps you build the relationship with the guys without having to be automatically that, you know, person dictating what they want and what they, they need to see all the time. Uh, and it also helps, you know, camaraderie. Um, yeah, I was, I, I, I just saw it as a locker room kind of, uh, wide receiver coach, playing coach. Mm -hmm. almost. Um, yeah. And I was I was super supportive of that. Um, I mean, it adds comfort for for Aaron. Uh, and I, I think the biggest thing is is what was shown on on TV was that it's it's in the long run it's going to add comfort and understanding uh, for the wide receivers uh, and the other people on yeah. the offense. So, I was right? Stoked. Yeah, because yeah, we don't need Randall Cobb to you know whatever run for eight hundred yards this year as a receiver like. We need him in that kind of, as you say, kind of player coach. And right, if may, maybe next year, we'll, we'll see what happens next year. But maybe he's a coaching assistant next year. Like, who, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen with him, or kind of what you know what he produces this year? Or right, if they if they run him as you know active or inactive this season, like we'll figure it out. But like, I think there was a lot made in the media about like, oh, bringing Alan Lazard in and Randall Cobb and Adrian Namus and. Uh, you know, uh, Nathaniel Hackett and like, it's like, yeah, okay. I get it. I get it. Like, yeah, we're, we're wasting money on this as opposed to uh, like, I don't know, 
some other rando free agent, but it's like, don't we want, if we're, if we're doing all this and giving these, this draft capital and whatever to get Rogers here, like, would we want to put him in as comfortable a situation as is possible? And like, do if, if yeah, kind of to the point about like, if you need Freebird to like, you know, keep, keep trucking, you know, play Freebird played on the radio to keep trucking. Like if you need like <laughs> that one other wide receiver like you know to make rogers good that, that you got through free agency or whatever then like that's that's that in of itself is like proof that like they, they have enough with garrett and nicole and allen like it, you know one guy is not going to kill the whole club and right and it's a cult it's a cultural move so so i really like that um speaking of cultural moves like uh I think one of the one of the interesting ones has been Dalvin Cook, and there's been a lot of speculation about him and Brees Hall, and what does the team think about Brees Hall, and they don't trust him, and Brees Hall's changing his social media profile. So, so Travis, what did you learn about that situation, and then kind of yeah, like tying it back into you know what happened at the at the start of the season with um at the start of the episode with the commander stuff like. How did you see those things playing out with Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall and and all that? You know, I think they kind of skirted it a little bit and went with kind of the the puffball view of it and, uh, you know, like making sure they showed Michael Carter walking up and saying, man, glad to have you. Because I think I think Michael Carter was the one that was the most uh, Mm -hmm. pissed off about it. I think, uh, you know, Brees was Brees was a little hurt because Brees, you know, he's he's young and he's like i'm fucking ready man let's go like and obviously he's not full ready um Mm -hmm. and uh so i you know this was the one move that i was actually very skeptical of and obviously we haven't seen him in action but i thought that i thought that he, he fit in fairly seamless and he seemed you know pretty pretty humble walking in talking to the other guys and the other guys seemed pretty welcoming which I didn't really expect. Uh, I thought that mm. it'd be a little bit of a colder shoulder um, from from at least the the guys on the Jets. You know, obviously they didn't show Bam, who uh, I would say Bam's roster spot is probably the one that is uh, not going to be there now that that Correct. Dalvin Cook is here. That's why I think that they they just kind of you know, probably ended it a little bit. I think there is still a little. You know, obviously with competition, there's going to be a little bit of a, a chip on some of those guys' shoulders, but for the most part, like it w- it seemed to look from the the television perspective that it's a better situation than I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I should hope so, right? And I think like yeah, setting the tone with like, look, you know, either you don't care and you're bought in, or you're not, and like you're going to take the easy way out here. And uh, like, if this is the thing that you know, is the difference in, in your, whatever your competitive drive. Like, I think, you know, it's funny. I kind of like, you know, called out Curtin, Curtis Martin in the first episode for kind of a, you know, a semi cringy comment about going out and running for 500 yards. But at the same time, like, you know, I mean, we love Curtis Martin. Let me be very clear. Oh yeah. Um, that's the sort of thing, like, you know, that's the sort of thing that, you know, um, you, that's that sort of competitor, Right. That that uh, Sala is talking about, like you want somebody who wants to compete, whatever the odds are stacked against them, they're going to try and, you know, make it happen regardless. And so, yeah, the more 
you p- people like that you can stack on the team and if if other people don't follow then that's gonna it's gonna be what it's gonna be so um so yeah i, I think you're i think you're right like i think it was a good um good distinction and yeah good to see Brees and good to see him out there yeah it was the timing was weird for him to come off ir but you know i'm sure that was all planned and all regulated and so um, yeah, th- and this is all happening at the same time, right? Like we're now getting word that Mackay Becton's been on a pitch count. No one really talked about that until in the last week. Uh, Dwayne Brown has just been removed from the uh, from the pup, uh, right? Brees Hall's coming off, so like we're getting, you know, the team is starting to come um, out of hibernation in terms of some of its uh, competitors and commanders. And, uh, and yeah, it's a, it's an exciting time. It's good time to happen, but right, like. If if people are honest with what we saw from Delvin Cook last year, he's a great player. He's still a great player. His efficiency was fading at the end of the year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Full stop. Like, like he was fading at the end of last year. So, you know, him looking for the right kind of situation, right? Yes, he wants to get paid. And, and, he, and he is getting here with the Jets. And yes, the Jets gave him a one-year deal, which I think signals well to Brees. Um, but also, right, and, and, and Abanacanda and all these other guys, right, like, Hey, you know, we're going to ride this guy because he's going to be good, but there's going to be a point where there's going to be some diminishing returns with this player come November. And that's when we're going to look to our young guns, right? Like it's not that Dalvin Cook's going to be inactive necessarily, uh, but like we're going to fade this count on, you know, who's getting 20, 20 carries or 20 touches, you know, that's going to move. Um, but let's start the season strong because we got we're going to have a tough start to the season, right? Like we've talked about this before. Uh, you know, this first six weeks is, is going to be yeah, it's going to be a gauntlet. Exactly right. So why would you not want someone like Dalvin Cook in the building? And if you can't see that, you can't be part of the larger team, and you're just here for fame or just here for money or whatever. Then yeah, then yeah, like so yeah, like I, I it's, you kind of you starting to get to see some of the under. Like we sensed all, as we've talked about before, we sensed all these things with Sal, but when you kind of see it in the meeting room, right? Like you, you really get a better, a better look at it. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's been interesting. Um, and I think um, maybe that ties into a little bit of the, uh, of the Abanacanda storyline that we saw towards the kind of back of the episode. Obviously, you know, we, we see him, we see him learning. Um, you know, we see Albrecht, Albrecht talking about his home run speed. We see his terrible joke. We see his family in the game. Yeah. What what did you take away from that Abana Candace segment there, Josh? Yeah, I so I think you're both right. I think Bam, Bam and Michael Carter are the two guys that like, man, you you guys are the ones. It's it, it might be both of you. Like I'm not even sure if they're both gonna make it, but um they'll they'll probably get cut because of just roster numbers, but Abana Candace should be cut for that joke. Uh it's the worst <laughs> joke so I think bad. I've ever, I've ever it heard. It was in my like life. a it was like a, uh, yeah, I don't even know. Yeah, it was like the was worst. Like my name dad is joke. Justin, but I can't go. I can't get in trouble because my yes. name is Justice. And it was yeah. like, buddy, 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 buddy. Uh, just go sit down and watch some more film. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, what, I, what I took away from the Abanacanda, like you're seeing it in the games. Like you're seeing him get reps, and then he's breaking one, two, three plays literally every single game. Um, making this as hard as possible for Sala to make some roster decisions, Jody to make some roster decisions. And so I, that, that guy seems more more of a lock than any of the other guys at this point. I mean, like you said, I think Brees and Dalvin are going to be 80% of carries, but it looks like, man, if, if a Bandicana can pick up pass pro, 
Like he's carving out a spot for mm. himself on the roster. Um, and, and if he's that guy that is going to give, give a breath um, to Brees um, on pass pro, I don't know that you're going to see Dalvin cook in a lot of pass pro, but you are, that, that could be a band of spot. Um, and I love bam. And maybe we can hide him on the practice squad for a little bit. I think Michael Carter probably gets, gets picked up pretty quick because he's on a cheap contract from somebody um, and gets a lot of work. And I want the best for that guy, but, you know, three to four running backs is probably the max that we can carry. Um, and a band of can, as long as his knee's okay, like, um, you know, it seems like it's not that super serious, just kind of need anything. Um, I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be there. Um, and yeah. I think, I think he's a guy that not only do they see him, you know, through the draft process, but are now seeing him in camp and in preseason games, like really succeed in all the things he's being asked to do. Um, that gives us really three really great options at running back. Um, and two of those guys that can be super versatile in pass protection, and then Dalvin Cook, who has home run ability um, on any on any given play. So, man, I feel I feel great. As good as I feel about mm-hmm. that defensive line room, I feel just as good right now with, with our running back room. Yeah, and and that's uh, something I've been saying. I was I was doing one of the other shows on Play Like a Jet uh, earlier this week, and I just was saying like this room is so deep, like it's so exciting, and we haven't had anything like this. So, like just enjoy the fact that that's what the situation is here. And like, that's okay. If the, a person doesn't make the team and they immediately become a back, uh, a backup in another, in another organization at the same time, like if the jets are trying to finagle ways to keep all these guys, um, you know, there are some ways you could do it. Like you could put a Banacanda on like maybe short term. I don't know exactly how you do it. I can't remember all the rules, but like you find a way to get them onto the short term IR Like you could do that because of the because of the 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 knee thing um you know you could you could go that route uh if you like if you really want to keep zon like maybe you have to sell to him look like we're gonna move they, they've been playing that bought in like um fullback role a lot it's like look we're, we're gonna let Baden loose but like you're gonna become the fullback and maybe you'll get to play some tailback but like you're gonna play more fullback than tailback going forward um like that might be something they can do there are things they could do if they really want to make it work um, but you know, then that means you're probably not going to be able to keep a tight end. So like, you know, Koontz doesn't make the team, which, you know, might not be the worst thing. Uh, this feels like a good point to kind of transition to, um, the talent show, uh, mm. Travis, Travis, <laughs> I have thoughts. I had, uh, like Proustian flashbacks of, of Travis karaoke, um, with, uh, with certain songs. Like, so like, like they hit. They hit so many things. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh my, oh my God, Travis is in heaven because number one, first song they play, Return of the Mac. Return of the Mac. Like classic, classic Travis. That's like so in your wheelhouse. Great song. Um, so that that like that checks a box for Travis. The second box that was checked was, I think it was Zach Coons. Somebody pulled their shirt off and was and was doing karaoke shirtless. Yeah. Travis, you have been known to do some shirtless karaoke in your time. As oh, I recall, 100%. yes. <laughs> and and yep. then the third thing was they did a Backstreet Boys song, which Travis, I know you love doing shirtless karaoke Backstreet songs. So like, talk to me about how you felt. Like, were you just in this like warm cocoon of a place when you were watching that, or how are you feeling as you watch that all unfold? Oh hell yeah, dude! I was watching it. I was like, oh man, like uh, I can't, <laughs> I, I can't remember if it was. I'm pretty sure it was Coons. But if you if you pan over and look. 
Hitman had his shirt off too and was putting it back on at the end. And I was like, <laughs> that's my dude. All right, Tipman, shirt off. Was doing uh was doing Backstreet Boys with Koontz. Um yeah, like uh I bizarrely went on a uh Wikipedia rabbit hole about the return of the Mac song and uh look that Please. look up Mark Morrison one day. I'm not gonna go into it, but that dude's got some shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> love the song um yeah if they could have oh, slid in like uh, maybe uh say my name by destiny's child or oh. houston or you know uh maybe a little bit of key sweat i would have been happier but I, i'll take what i can get i thought that that was awesome when whenever i go to someone's wikipedia page and they have a section that says legal issues like you oh, know yeah. it's gonna get fun <laughs> you know it's gonna get fun dude's so, been in uh, jail yeah. like 11 times i guess return of the back <laughs> is about him getting out of jail <laughs> it, it would make sense right i mean what does it say uh art imitates life is that is that the phrase, yeah. is that the phrase? Yeah. i think that's the phrase yeah uh josh thoughts on the karaoke rookie show what, what did you think as My a commander, goodness. what would you think? Uh, just, just as a commander, as a guy that wants to bring other guys along for the ride, there's no one that does this better uh, than B Rabbit. He's got his crew in eight mile, and so Jeremy, Jeremy, uh, Jer I'm sorry, Jerome Cap, Zap, Jerome um, Zap, no, yes, Jerome, Jerome, Zap my boy, I call him Zap Rap, yeah, Zap Rap. Uh, he, he, he ate that song, boys. Like he got the whole room oh. pumped. Um, oh, everybody yeah. calling out their lyrics. Everybody in the three one three was pumped, and so that that was such a win uh, to cap off the rookie the rookie talent show after the absolute debacle from last week. So very very proud of him. Um, nailed the lyrics. Nailed the acapella at the end here. Tell these people something they don't know about me. Um, just my goodness, like he. He ate that song, boys. I was, and they didn't cut it. They didn't cut one single line. They mm, just kept mm. going and showing All the, the whole through. thing for us. So, um, every elder millennial, very excited, very pumped to hear that song. <laughs> um, very pumped as old white men just to listen to a little more B Rabbit. Uh, it was, it was fun. Uh, kudos, kudos to the rookies. Uh, you know, like as they, it was so fitting that they would choose to do, you know, a rap from Eight Mile, and that there's a lyric that everybody knows who's seen that movie. Um, there's no such thing as halfway crooks, right? And everybody says it in the room. And guys, like there were no halfway cr halfway crooks during that rookie show. That rookie show was they were all the way crooks, um, and that's exactly what you need to do when you're doing a rookie show. You can't can't pull this like I'm half, you know. I'm, I'm half aware of myself and I'm half doing this. Like they yeah. sold out for it. They sold out for it. So good job. There's a bunch of crooks to, there and they, they just, did to, it. just, just to round off Mark Morrison and the fan theory that maybe this is about him coming back out of jail. I just want to read you quickly lyrics from verse two. Um, so I'm back up in the game, running things to keep my swing, letting all the people know that I'm back to run the show. Sounds like Mark Morrison wrote this in between jail stints that he was back. Yeah. He was running things yeah, oh yeah. and the Mac was back. Mm -hmm. uh, the Mac was not back for long, um, but I do believe <laughs> that that fan theory has some legs to it. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I think that that makes sense. Um, the, okay. Here, here's the thing also from his Wikipedia page that I do want to call out. Uh, you just go into his career and, you know, first song is where's our love. Then like, here's, here's some of his singles, right. Other than return of the Mac. Crazy, Trippin', 
horny, and then moan and groan. Right. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> These, were okay. singles. These were UK top 10 singles, guys. Trav, were you ever getting guys calling in asking for moan and groan from Mark Mark Morrison on the radio? No, thank God. Oh man. Uh, so so here here's the thing that I uh, I'm, I'm thinking about now. Talking about selling out, like I think this brings us back to kind of the crowning moment, maybe the crown jewel even moment of of the episode was seeing a septuagenarian old Joel. What's is that the right word? Septuagenarian. That's probably the word. Yeah, septuagenarian yeah. uh, Woody Johnson, like iced out. Like, you know, that guy is no halfway crook, man. If he's going out there and getting his Woody chain, I mean, now he showed it to the team. Here's the way we'll know if Woody is actually a full way crook. Like, he, if he goes to some games this year, iced out like that, then we'll know Woody's what's up. We, we'll know Woody's a commander. But until, until he shows up at a game, wearing a nice out chain like that. Like, I don't know if he's a contender. I don't know if he's a survivor. I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I'm just saying, just yeah. putting that out there. What do you think? What do you think? She show up at a game all iced out? The, what do you, what do you say? What the you say? Woody, the Woody chain is, is mint. Like it was mint. That thing was wonderful. <laughs> Loved everything about it. It just felt a little reachy. It felt like I'm trying to be Robert Kraft. I'm trying to show that I'm in with guys like, oh, you. it felt, it felt a little bit of a reach. Um, Woody, Woody is going through a little bit of an image change. I'm down with it. I'm down with us spending money. I'm down with building this roster. I love the window of we could we could be really top contenders, commanders for the next couple of years. But um, Woody, my friend, um, you can't follow that up with that lame white man speech. You got to drop some bars. You got to just stand in the corner and just vibe a little bit. Uh, don't be dropping. I'm just so proud of all. I'm inspired by all the guys in the room. Like you can't say that. With that drip on your neck, you got to just stand there and let let the vibe play out. Don't add any words to it. Yeah, that's read fair. the room. Read the room. That's fair. That's fair. That's a I, that's a good criticism. I think that's a good criticism. So yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see what Woody does next. If if Woody starts showing up on the Hamptons with his significant other for a private Ed Sheeran concert, then we'll know if he's in cra- if he's in the craft camp or or not we'll, we'll, do you think we'll Woody would go as far to get grills <laughs> uh i mean that's what money. i want to see i want to see him looking like will ferrell from the other guys when he is uh gator oh with, gator with the yes. ice on his gators girls and the grills. Like the jimmies <laughs> yes oh man, oh, man. i uh, yeah. i cry. want his don't cry i want I want Woody Johnson's alternate chain to just say Amagansett on it. That's what I really want. <laughs> man. Oh, gosh. Uh, the streets of Amagansett. Um, all right. So, uh, so yeah, what else What else happened in this episode? I'm, I'm trying to think. What, what else haven't we discussed? Um, I, oh. So, a couple, couple quick. couple quick. I, so, there Please. was – listen, Jermaine Johnson wanted all the smoke in that pile. You heard guys yelling Jermaine's name. In the middle of that fight, oh, that made not. me really excited. Um, and then just Quentin, just Quentin for, for just a minute. So the Mike Evans, he called me fat segment. Um, yes. <laughs> I, if you recognize, I was watching and I'm like, who is he? Like, he's telling the D-line this. Mike Clemens looks at him and says, he says, I would say you're not skinny. And he said it with so much fear that I was shocked. I didn't <laughs> think Mike Clemens was afraid of anybody. <laughs> he seemed terrified to tell Quentin, you don't look that skinny. Um, but that whole storyline was fun. It was, seemed lighthearted. Uh, but Quentin seriously, like, went, he went and found Mike Evans at the end of the episode. Like, bro, 
Why you got to call me fat? Like, why? Oh, no, I said it to these guys. No, 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 man. You said it about me. Like, he was not letting, listen, he was not giving Mike Evans any outs on that play. Um, uh-uh. Quinn no all outs. of it. Quinn and won all of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like he might have, he might have reverted. You guys know Enneagram? You guys know Enneagram? Like, he yes. reverted to, he reverted to a survivor in stress. Maybe he, he reverted to <laughs> survivorship in stress. I loved yeah. it when he looked at back at Michael Clemens and goes, so you think I'm thick? Yeah. <laughs> That's when Clemens was like, no, 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 no. I would say you're not skinny. I would say yeah. you're not skinny. It was so I would say perfect. you're not skinny. I love that they, they came to an, a, like an agreement, <laughs> like a tacit agreement, like – you look good for 300 pounds, right? Like, is that, mm-hmm. that's yeah. where they, like, we can agree on this. Like, this we can agree on. We're not outside the window. We're not fat shaming anybody here. But, yeah, you, you look good for 300. But, like, let's recognize the fact that you are 300 pounds, bro. Like, yeah, you are right. 300 pounds. Uh, <laughs> the only other note, the only other note I had, it, it revolved around Zach Wilson. And, you know, in the ever-evolving, ever-tempetuous, t- temp tempted mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, we're having a tempestuous relationship um, with Zach Wilson. Just the ability of a roster to rebuild trust with him has actually been kind of fun to watch. Yeah. Um, you saw him in that preseason game um, peel off that run. He, he, like the cutback to two weeks ago, Aaron going, if you get to your second hitch, man, you got to start to move. Um, and you saw him actually do that in a game. Stays in bounds. Some guys are ribbing him. Everybody's going, man, I need him to get out of bounds in that play. Um, but the guy's running down the sideline, picking him up, chasing, laughing, like mm-hmm. applauding him. I know a lot of these guys are newer to the roster. Not everybody has been here for the last two years. But to see that roster respond to him well is just under undergirding the storyline that Zach Wilson truly is coming under Aaron Rodgers' tutelage in learning how to become a competent quarterback. Like, it's not a small thing. For that guy to, in the last two years, fully, you know, I mean, he's dissing the defense. He's not taking any of the blame. Um, to rebuild trust and relationship to the point that guys are celebrating him with a 20-yard run in a preseason game, like that was yeah. that was something. Um, that was truly something that guys yeah. have trust in him again. Um, that was a, that was that was some nice fresh air for us. Right, I think that's right. And yeah, they're they're kind of calling out like, did you see him lower his shoulder? Like, did you see that? And then, but, and so like, they appreciate the fact that he's grinding, right? They, they get it and they respect it and they want to, they want to cheer him on for his grind at the same time, right? Like, so that's good. And, and we need that. And that's, you know, that's the kind of guy you want to get behind, you know, in, in, in a wartime situation, right? Like the guy who's going to put himself first, put his body second, put, put the others on the field ahead of themselves, right? Like that's a commander, someone who brings people with them on the other side, Right. You also have Aaron Rodgers sitting with him on the bench saying, you know, like, hey, hey, man, like when I was younger, same thing. Like I, I, w- I would want to do the same thing. Like I, he kind of makes a point of like you, you're out there and you think you can break it. And he's kind of, you know, like goading. Um, he's goading Zach on. It's like, man, one hurdle, like one hurdle. <laughs> and it could, you know, could have been an all timer. Like one hurdle, it could have been an all timer. Like he's definitely ribbing him in a way like, yes, if you make that hurdle. But like, you know, there is a point at which your athleticism is stretched, right? Like they're talking about speed and, you know, like, oh, is it, you know, 23 miles an hour, 21 miles an hour, whatever it's like, you know, 16.9 or something like that. You know, so like Zach Wilson understands like, yes, he's athletic for a quarterback and he's young, but he's not Anthony Richardson. He's not, you know, Desmond Mm -hmm. Ritter. He's not, uh, I don't know, one of these other guys, uh, Jalen Hurts. 
Justin Fields, right? Like he's not as fast and as elusive as those guys. So, you know, so when Aaron Rodgers tells you, get out of bounds, like listen to what he says, right? Like we've tried to talk about this for the last couple of years, like get out of bounds. His coach wants him to get out of bounds. But then like, you know, Ulbricks look, you know, he's, he's got the x-ray up on Zach Wilson's heart and he's like, Oh, there's a puppy in there. Yep. There's a puppy. in there. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, so, so like Ulbricht, like he's like, nah, nah, I like it. I like it. But you know, the head coach has got to think about not just that dog, but like, yeah, how do we keep that dog from, you know, getting injured? So, um, so, so yeah, I, I thought that was all good. There, there were a bunch of other little things I wanted to call out to Travis, anything specific you wanted to call out? No, nah, I was gonna go with the Zach Wilson thing, like like everybody else. Like I, I just just seeing seeing people seeing him garner respect. I think was was just one of the best things about mm-hmm. the episode. One of the best things about this preseason was seeing him be humble, but also you know show show the work ethic, show the the things that everyone has questioned. Um, and and you don't necessarily see that on TV. I was good to see like a little bit of that on TV. But the fact that that the respect is there shows you that he's doing it. He's doing the work that needs yeah. to be done. Yeah, and I also appreciated the context. I'll, I'll just say this, and again, like we have beat up Zach Wilson more in our lifetimes. You know that, that we don't need to do it anymore in our lifetime. We will if we have to. But but the point is, like you know, I always thought the headband was just like kind of gimmicky, and you know the arm sleeve and whatever. Fine, okay, whatever. It's a little gimmicky. But when he literally is like, no, I have to wear it, otherwise, like. I just have all this sweat in my face, like all in my eyes. I get, you get sweat in my eyes. It's like, okay, so he's a profuse sweater. Okay. So right. that's why he's, why he's doing that. Right. Like um, that was cool. I thought that was a, a good little moment. I, I really appreciated the Thomas Morstead, uh, like little the sprinting little bit there, <laughs> yeah. the sprinting, sprinting off the the side and everybody's watching him do this and they're goofing him. And he's like, Hey man, I'm getting older. That's what keeps me warm. So it's like, you know, I don't care. I don't care how I look. I care about how I perform. That's that's love, commander stuff. I love the that's side the eye that that uh, Salah gives him as Salah, he's running by. Yeah. That they just like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. That was good. Um, uh, what else? What else? What else? I'm going through all my notes. Um, oh, okay. One thing we did not talk about. We we mentioned a little bit ago, but there was that interchange. I think it was between Braylon Edwards, uh, Mark Sanchez, and. Um, and Aaron Rodgers, and they're asking like, "Who's your guy?" And you know, oh yeah, of course it's seventeen. And here, here's I kind of wrote it down. I don't know if I got it exactly right. I was I've only got one watch on this episode, but uh, Rogers' comments are: "He's so fucking quick. I miss the wrong shoulder because he gets out He's of his so break fast. so quick." Oh, yeah, and, oh. and 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 then like someone else, I think um, Sanchez or something like, or Braylon was like, "Did you see him?" like grab it and pull it forward and they're just like oh man and they're just kind of going they're like they're the three of them are geeking yeah, out on out. how yeah. good yeah they're geeking out on how good garrett wilson is and to see that was cool but it's crazy to me to think that aaron Rodgers, who has worked with you know some of the greatest receivers ever you know if you go back over the course of his career and he jeff is mistiming jeff janice yep there you go there you go yeah. romeo Dob- <laughs> romeo dobbs romeo dobbs absolutely guys you got it you got it but Marquez uh, you know, Van Vale Valdez scandling all those guys. Yeah. <laughs> there you scandling. go. Uh, Amon St. Route, St. Brown's brother. I can't oh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> the brother guy. Equinemius. Equinemius. Thank Equinemius. You. Equinemius. Yeah. Equinemius. Yeah, he's on the he's on the key and peel. He's on the key and peel he team. Is. Um uh, so so anyway, um 
like the fact that Rogers are is misjudging his throws because of his burst is like you're just like oh I'm getting like tingles I uh, like oh, I get yeah. goosebumps I get goosebumps he, like, it's he expounded fun. upon that a little bit on the I believe it was the one Jets Drive episode I saw it on where he's talking he he literally goes into this diatribe about comparing him to Devonte Adams and how he would always give Devonte like that extra tick when he's when he's doing his uh, his progressions because he knew Devontae was going to get open. And he was he was saying that uh, Garrett reminds him so much of Devontae that he's getting mm. to that point of, of trust with him that he's going to give him that extra bit of time in his progressions before he moves on because he's so confident he's going to get open. Love it. Love it. Um, all right. We got to get out of here. Um, but before we do, we got to do a quick – lightning draft we'll do let's do two mm. rounds there was, this was a lighter episode we did not get a, as cameo heavy um and a conspiracy we didn't get conspiracy conspiracy theorists like tiki uh you know showing up but we did get some good ones we talked about a couple of them so here's the cameos as i as i saw them um we'll go josh travis myself and then kind of two rounds here so um baker mayfield mark sanchez braylon edwards former jet great uh, the Cobb mob, you can you can package that, or that can be a package deal. But we got a lot of the Cobb mob with uh, they're adding they're adding the fifth hand to the Cobb mob over there. Um, yeah. Damian Woody, we saw Damian Woody, we saw Damian Woody's son show up. Uh, Adam Sala made an appearance. This is one of uh, one of Robert Sala's forty seven children. Five, what do you say? Nine, five, five boys. Five, yeah. five boys. Ooh. Oh my gosh. He punched. Uh, who actually punched Rogers in the face? We punched didn't Rogers see it, face. but yeah. apparently yeah. that's what Aaron Rodgers said. Uh, Jada Smart, so that's Tanzel Smart's um, wife, and then Baby Smart. She was uh, she was throwing the passy around in the stands. Um, we had the Abanacanda family, specifically Izzy's mom. We saw a lot of her. Um, Kyle Trask, uh, backup quarterback for the uh, for the Bucks, as well as um, some stoic, stoic statue. Todd yeah. Bowles. Uh, Todd Bowles went for it on fourth down. I just want to be clear. There was a time no in the game where he went for it on fourth down. He did not punt. That was, I was, my wig was flipped. Um, and then lastly, of course, <laughs> most importantly, Karate Kid, Ma, Ralph Macchio uh, made an appearance and was effing excited to be there. So he um, was so effing pumped. He was effing pumped. Thank you. Uh, all right, Josh, you, you, you're starting off yeah. today. Go ahead. Wax, wax, a, a wise sensei told me one time. <laughs> Life is all about finding balance. Give me, give me the Karate Kid. Give me part one, part two, part three. Uh, give me, give me the new Cobra Kai. Give me Ralph Macchio, baby. Like he, oh, he yeah. looks, he looks as Ralph Macchio from 1987 as he did in 1987. Um, unbelievable. Give, give me the guy, lifelong Jet fan. He is effing excited, um, and that's my guy. Number one, one <laughs> overall. Give me the Karate Kid, baby. All right. I love that they, I love that they like shamed him into saying the actual word. That was great. <laughs> it was so good. So good. Uh, all right, Travis, you're up. Who, who you got? Uh, I've got to go with my uh, tied for all time favorite receiver in Jets history. Um, my dude, Braylon Edwards, the OG 17. Got to go with mm. it. Love seeing him there. Love seeing him embracing uh, the Jets as kind of his. Mm-hmm. His team, he played for what the the Browns, the Niners, um, the Jets. Played for a few teams, but like the, he seems to he seems to embrace uh, the Jets as as his his team, and uh, I love seeing that. Love seeing him out there supporting and, and stoked about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'll go ahead and uh, I'll, I'll take I'll take the other former Jet here in Mark Sanchez. 
obviously it was not meant to be in New York, but kind of cool to see this uh, hard knocks thing come full circle with Mark Sanchez back visiting camp and talking to the players. And, uh, you know, he's a big time announcer these days, tell some of the worst jokes in college football. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but yeah, good to see Mark Sanchez. And then like, you know, he's smart. Like Mark Sanchez is smart. Um, so, you know, good question there. And the way they kind of talked about Garrett Wilson, I really enjoyed that. Um, good to see that. Right. It's kind of like an ex-girlfriend that like, you know, what? like time has taken us apart and here we are again, you know, talking to each other and no, uh, I just appreciate you. Right. Or whatever. So it's like, I, I'm now at a place where I can appreciate Mark Sanchez and thanks Same. for the memories. And yeah, but we're, we're sailing on, we're sailing on. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, Good to see him. All right, Josh, back to you. I, I will take, oh man, I fell in love with this family. Give me the Cobb mob, baby. My boys are around that age. And so, man, was it just sweet to watch them ex- like tell their kids that they're having a third, a third child, uh, fifth hand for the Cobb mob. Um, just wanting to incorporate the word mob into my family. Um, so I, I, I gotta, I gotta workshop it a little bit. How do I get the, the Conrad mob going um, a little, little the mob hands, Conrad hands confab. The, mob the Conrad, the Conrad confab. That's, that's no, where you the, gotta the, go. The oh, Conrad baby. rad mob. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, boys. I appreciate it. Give me the, give me the cob mob. I will film teaching my boys the, the Conrad confab. Uh, and I will, I will, I will, I will email it out. I will text it out to us. So we can enjoy it together. Love the Cobbs. Um, think that's a great family. Um, all the best to them uh, in, in this upcoming pregnancy. Mm. All right. All right. Go ahead. Love go it. Ahead. Uh, I got to go with Todd Bowles, man, for being the, the NPC that <laughs> I really expect him to be in real life. Had no speaking role. I don't think he even moved in the, the like four frames that he was in. Um, yeah, like I, I completely see that guy as an NPC, and uh, yeah, it, it was perfect. It was exactly what I wanted out of Todd Bowles. All right, there's a lot of good value on the board, but it's going to just have to wait for the undrafted rounds. Uh, guys in the comment, listeners in the comments, you can you can leave on Twitter or whatever, you know, your comments on who what value we missed. But I'm going to go ahead and take uh, the, the the Woody family package. The Woody, I don't know what we call them, but. Uh, the Woody Boys, uh, I'll take them. Uh, that's a great wrestling team right there. Um, the Woody so, Boys. The Woody Boys. <laughs> uh, so I'll take I'll take Damian Woody and his son. It was cool to see him out at camp and kind of you know geeking out about family and boys and you know boys getting to come to camp and and I I, I think if you watch Twitter Instagram you probably saw him posting when he was there as many of the other folks do. But yeah, just him really enjoying being able to take his son and kind of show him, hey, this is something. I used to do and like the yeah this is where I used to be you know when you were little so like I, I enjoyed that um, but yeah a lot of value on the board I mean you know the guy who punched Aaron Rodgers in the face is still out there Baker Mayfield's still out there Kaltrask out there uh, B Rabbit's still out there um, uh, Robert Kraft Light still out there uh, anyway so guys <laughs> um, you know we go through life we have great great times and great experience and great relationships and you know it's just good to know that i uh, i have some some fellow crooks out there with me so so gentlemen <laughs> thank you for thank you for talking this week appreciate you being full way crooks being full crooks with me um guys have a good week uh we will talk to you next week after the fourth episode i think it might be the final episode maybe we get two more i can't remember um but yeah I, i'm enjoying crooking out with you guys and uh we'll see you next week <laughs>